I'm more the opposite. Like better in person or better on camera? Better on camera. (laughs) I'm terrible in person. What's up, everybody? This is Alyssa Amoroso, a.k.a. Publicity, who is ready to spill some tea. Because this is Tea with Publicity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. I am super excited for today's guest. We have Nick Vial on from The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, The Vile Files. Um, you guys know him. I feel like he's quite polarizing. So I'm recording this intro before I sit down with him. So we'll see how it goes. I hope it goes well. But um, I have so many questions for him. And I kind of want to push him on things that I feel like he doesn't answer all the time. So stay tuned for that interview with him. I'll also get into the Ask Alyssa segment. He obviously does something similar on his podcast. I think it's called Ask Nick, where he does advice. So you guys wrote in and we will be giving you guys advice. So thank you so much for submitting your questions. And yeah, we have a good array. And then also we're getting into the spill the tea section. There's been so much going on in pop culture lately. And you know, we need to break it down from Vanderpump Rules to Gwyneth Paltrow being the ultimate almond mom to Chloe and Tristan potentially being back together. There's just a lot happening, so we will discuss it all there. In the meantime, I just want to catch up with you guys a little bit and let you know what I'm getting up to. And I do want to pose a question for the class. So I noticed this thing that I do, and I'm going to ask Nick because I want his I want his honest take too because Obviously, you guys can't speak back to me, so DM me after and let me know your thoughts. But I did this thing this past weekend where I like posted this TikTok being like, I'm going to make out with a stranger this week. I didn't. I wound up going to karaoke, and it was all married men. But the question that I want to pose is, I wrote down this, is it a bad mentality to dip out the second that you could tell the night is not serving you? So if you go out somewhere and you're like, there's no single guys, there's no like people I want to be friends with, I'm going to bounce. Is that a bad mentality to have? Or should you just go for the vibes and like be fun and just stay for yourself? And I bounce at the first sight of like the vibes not matching what I want because I rather be in bed. And I'm curious if that's a really like stupid mentality because you really never know how things could transpire. Like you could end up talking to one of the married guys who are like, oh, I have a great friend for you. Or you could meet someone there. You just never know. So my question is, and I'm curious what you guys think. So please, like I said, DM me. Are you like me in the sense where, you go out with the purpose, which I think might be toxic. And if you do that, do you bounce at the first signs of things not going your way? And if you do do that, is that toxic is toxic of us? Because if you guys wrote me in this question, I think I would be like, you can't go out with the, the thought process of like wanting to meet someone or whatever. But then on the other hand, it's like, I'm not going to just like sit here and drink for the sake of drinking or just like socializing. I'd rather literally be getting my beauty sleep. So I'm a little torn. I'm going to ask Nick and see what he thinks because obviously, like I said, he does do the Ask Nick segment. So 
I think he'll give us some good advice there. Um, but also let me know what you guys think. And then also, oh, I did want to mention, so many of you DM me all the time being like, do you, um, how did you start your podcast? Like ask me publicist advice. Like how do I pitch? How do I draft an email? I have created an Etsy shop where I am selling. They're $8. They're step-by-step guides of how to do all of these things. All of these years and years and years of industry knowledge that I hold so near and dear. I was like, I need to put this somewhere, like physically put this somewhere. So when people ask me, I could just be like, hey, it's on my website. So if you go to the link tree in my bio, you'll see something for my Etsy shop. And I have three guides up right now. One is a template for how to craft a pitch. One is a template for my keys to success for following up on your pitch and securing the deal. And then my third one is how to set up a podcast. And it's step-by-step, like the equipment that I own, the like how I did it, how I host it, how I edit everything. It's all there. So I did those for you guys. If there's any other guides um, or anything that else that you want information on, let me know because I will be creating more guides. I just figured this was like the best way for me to get all of my information in one place. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. And um, my parents are coming this upcoming week, which like feels so surreal because you know, when you put something on the calendar and you are waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, and now it's finally here and I'm like, holy shit, my parents are going to be in my place. And the only thing that sucks is like, I've done such a good job of getting this podcast studio in tip top shape. Like it looks amazing. And now this is also my guest space. So like when they come, I don't even know what's going to go on in here. It's going to be a shit show because it's not going to look like this. I need to like make room for the beds and I'm going to have to be shifting everything around. And it's so disappointing because it looks so good right now. But whatever, it is what it is. I'm just glad that they could all stay under my roof. My sister's coming with me. Um, Justin's watching Callan. And she's like, I'm, I'm on a vacation. Like I'm leaving the baby home with my husband. So I'm fully on board for that. Um, So as much as I want to see Callan, I am going home in April for 10 days. And then I come back to California and then I go back for two nights for Macy's. So I'm going to be jet setting all of April and seeing my family a lot then for Easter and Callan's first birthday. So the fact that they're coming here, like, ah, I'm just so excited. I really, really, really can't wait. Um, Okay, I won't keep you guys waiting anymore. It's going to be a long one. So let's get into the interview with Nick and we will chat later. Macy's VIP sale has arrived just in time to get everything you need to refresh your wardrobe and your space for spring. From March 24th to April 2nd, get an extra 30% off regular sale and clearance items, plus 15% off beauty. That's an extra 30% off pretty much everything from clothing, shoes, and handbags to home decor and appliances. Check out Macy's.com. Some exclusions apply, so see Macy's for details. But also, as you guys know, I've been I've been listing so much home decor stuff on my YouTube and on my like to know it in my bio. I my whole f- apartment basically is furnished by Macy's, including these chairs I'm sitting on. So you guys could shop all of my home decor picks that I literally took so long picking out. It took me like a month to comb through the website and find the 
best picks for you guys. So like this table, by the way, literally everything in my podcast studio is from Macy's. So get everything while it's on sale. And I've done all the heavy lifting for you. I'll also be sure to put some clothing items and beauty items on my stories in a swipe up so you guys could shop the sale and um, just to serve as a little reminder. But again, that's Macy's.com and it is from March 24th to April 2nd. All right, guys, I am here with Nick Vial. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, congratulations, you're newly engaged. Thank you. That was crazy. At your video, I'm pretty sure I teared up. Like, that was really good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you cried. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I did. Like, I remember watching it just being like, is someone like chopping onions in here or am I like literally crying over this engagement yeah, the video? video turned, <laughs> the video turned out. Yeah. Um, but thank you. That's really exciting. I feel like you obviously notoriously give people dating advice and I feel like I also give advice. Is it, is it notorious? I feel like. Is it notorious advice? <laughs> Depends. Polarizing advice sometimes is I it? could say. I think cause you're kind of direct. I am. You're direct and you're, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you don't really bullshit. So I think it's yeah, like... Yeah, I, I try to have a even mix of a directness and empathy. Yeah, no, you're anyway. definitely empathetic. But I think that's why people go to you, because they know they're going to get the truth. And I try to be truthful, too, when I'm giving people advice, because it's like sometimes you need someone else to tell you what you're not seeing. I figure by the time you're coming to me, you've probably got all, <laughs> all, all the nonsense from your friends. You've exhausted every option. <laughs> yeah, so you might as well just get the truth. I did a live show in New York and I did my like um, advice segment live and my dad was in the crowd and he's like, bring me up there like for a question. I bring him up and this girl goes into this whole sob story about how <laughs> she's like, my friends, they're leaving me out and I'm trying to be really empathetic and my dad goes, have you ever looked in the mirror? Maybe you're the problem. <laughs> I was like, Dad. <laughs> the crowd erupted. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, poor thing. I'm like, Dad, I'm trying to create a safe space yeah. for women. <laughs> like, could we not? Um, so I want to ask, now that you are engaged, do you feel like before you were engaged, people were like, what makes you be able to give relationship advice? You're not married. You're not engaged. Now this kind of gives you like that little stamp of yeah. officialness i mean i don't know how I, I i don't spend a lot of time um trying to guess how people perceive me yeah um i certainly don't think being engaged gives me any more or less credibility i everything i speak to especially when it comes to relationships i i, I come from a place of failure mm -hmm. you know like yeah. everything i've i've speak of i've done wrong before you know, like, you know, I think you can get great advice from all different types of people, but I don't know if, um, someone who's only had one relationship, even if it was the best possible relationship, um, and they ever had their heart broken or never had disappointment. I don't, I don't know how helpful they might be when it comes to giving you advice on dating or a situationship or getting over heartbreak, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think me being engaged gives me any more credibility, whether it does for other people or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Natalie and I work hard on our relationship. If if tomorrow she left me or tomorrow, 
you know, something happened, I don't think that would take away from any of the insight I have and my experiences. You know, a lot of the things I talk about are helping people get over a heartbreak or Mm -hmm. helping people get over really themselves. Or, you know, I I talk a lot about getting out of your own way or being honest with yourself or being honest with your ego. Mm. And again, a lot of that comes from my own personal experiences. I don't think the success, I don't think success in love means being in a relationship. It means being in a relationship with, you know, the right person or someone who makes you happy. So. No, I um, I totally agree with that actually. yeah. Yeah. Because I've always said, I haven't had a boyfriend in a really long time. And I always say, I'm like, I could date any schmuck I want, but I'm choosing to, I'd rather be single and be, I'd rather be single and I'm okay being alone than be with the wrong person. And I, I really feel that way. And I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people rather just go from relationship to relationship, just always have someone on the back burner because it makes them feel good. Yeah, I think that it happens a lot. I don't know if they would actually admit to that, mm. you know. Or they don't know. It's subconscious, you sure. know. yeah. But, you know, you said, you know, you haven't had a boyfriend in a while. I don't think that makes you any, you know, if you have good advice to offer someone and maybe you mm-hmm. experience something they've experienced or you have perspective and you can offer some insight, I don't, What a, having a boyfriend doesn't make you more credible. It's true. Um, Do you find it hard to take your own advice because I think I'm really good at giving advice, but who's to say I'm going to always follow my own advice. Like maybe I know what's right. I I think none of us are great or exceptional at taking our own advice. I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at, Mm -hmm. at looking in the mirror or checking myself. But um, yeah, the reason why we're not, the reason why we're not good at taking our own advice or the reason why we're good at giving better advice to situations we're not emotionally involved in is because we're not emotionally involved or mm-hmm. our, our egos aren't triggered. You know, not, we're, we're, you know, we're not trying to um, overcompensate for a past experience mm-hmm. or we're, or, yeah, again, we're not responding to like our egos telling us we're not enough or we're not good enough. And we're trying to seek out validation and confusing validation with actual love and things like that. We're when we're not involved and we're not emotionally like triggered and we're not compromised by our own feelings or past trauma, it's, it's much more easy to see a situation more clearly. No, totally. And so when we're involved, that's why we need people, you know, that's why therapists have therapists, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because even therapists, uh, aren't necessarily great at taking their own advice. That's true. And no one's a perfect person. Like the therapists have therapist thing always kind of makes me wonder because like they're kind of just getting like dumped on all day with people's problems. And it makes sense that they would need to go to someone too. And it's it's good to remember like everyone's flawed. Everyone's making mistakes. We're all just doing our best. Um, I did see that recently you said you're interested in potentially becoming a licensed therapist. Yeah. Is this something you're exploring or just like a thought that's kind of lingering? I mean, I, I haven't started the process of, of like looking at schools, but it's something I've given like serious thought in mm-hmm. and have every intention of, of doing. And, and hopefully we'll start uh, this calendar year. Wow, so yeah. it's ha- it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen whether, you know, uh how soon I don't know, but I'm I'm certain it's going to happen. It's you know, it's kind of from like I look at the next chapter of my life, it's something that I want to do, you know. The the former publicist in me and like I know you're doing this cuz you want to, but the former publicist in me is like 
great branding idea. Like it's really going to cement you in this industry. I think honestly, it will give you so much credibility. And I could see you hosting like, you know, how Dr. Phil had a show for so many years. I could see something like that for you. Would that be the ultimate goal to kind of actually take your podcast to make it like a television series? I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, yeah. I love I love my show, The Vile Files, and you know, we're you can watch it if you want. It's mm -hmm. already on YouTube. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, if I could find my way back on on TV and, and some sort of hosting role in general, but certainly I, I love what I do and I love connecting with my audience and hearing their stories. And, you know, I, I feel like I hope, I hope that it, I feel like I learn a lot from them and hopefully they learn stuff from me and my mm -hmm. experiences. And I've created a great community with my show. And if that turned into a TV show, I I'd certainly wouldn't say <laughs> yeah. no to that idea. Especially that kind of show when it's like, let's talk about your problems. <laughs> my problem is like, I'll maybe sprinkle in here and there, but it's like, I always say that I'm like, for me to go on TV, it would have to be a show where I'm not like, in summer house, drinking on camera, getting blackout, having sex in this house. I'm like, it would have to be something where I'm like kind of hosting, yeah, leading the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the one show I always say I'd go on is The Circle. I'm like, it's so PG. It's like- I've it's, never seen it. It's just super strategic. Like, it's basically like you just influence people, but like you talk about nothing. Maybe some surface level, maybe some like deep stuff, but they come out you know, with really not much happening. It's on Netflix. I'm like, that's my kind of show. Right. Like one of those strategic shows. I'm like, I don't really think I, I, I'm a, I like a good strategy. I love a strategy like mm. that. The trader show that Ari was on. Oh, I heard. I haven't seen that. Like that's a good strategy show. I, I heard. Yeah. Would you and Natalie ever do reality TV together? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can never say never because like, what is that? You know, like yeah, it's a pretty fair. broad, that's not something we actively talk about. And we certainly don't have a desire to like have our own show or anything mm. like that. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but if it was something fun and something interesting, um, you know, who knows, you know, what do you think about mixing your partner with work? Because as someone that's single, this is something I think about a lot. And I'm always like, oh my God, when I meet someone, like they need to have their own thing going for them. And all that to say that like, would it be nice if my like fiance, my boyfriend could like help me with my finances and <laughs> be my CPA or whatever? Yeah. Great. But I also don't know if I'd ever really want to mix those boundaries. Like how are you guys with mixing work and relationship? Oh, I think it just depends on the person. You know, yeah. I think ev everyone's different. Some people are more independent than others. It's a balance. As far as Natalie and I goes, I think we don't mix it all that much right now. She's mm -hmm. a sur surgical technologist. Um, I know nothing about the, that industry. Mm -hmm. She loves it. It's a passion of hers. Since being with me, she's done, I guess, a little bit more in kind of the I hate to use the word, but for a lack of a better word, the influencing space mm -hmm. she models as well on the side. And, um, and so, you know, she's come on my podcast and, it, you know, I think Nally is a, a star, you know, I think she's, um, got an amazing personality and she's hysterical and, and, and she's very charming. And I think she, it's, um, you know, the Nally I've gotten to know is probably different than the Nally, like my, our audiences know, mm -hmm. because, you know, she's more reserved, um, and, and like, it takes a lot, it, it, it's, pre you know, you have, there's a level of comfort of, of putting yourself out there totally. and showing your personality to whoever wants to see it. But, 
that's all, all being said, like as we, you know, continue our relationship, I could, you know, I enjoy doing things with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love spending time with her. And so, um, I enjoy working with her and, you know, I consider her my teammate. And so, um, you know, I, I think I could see a world where we do more and more together. Mm -hmm. Um, but we both, you know, like having our own stuff and, and I think she'll always be, uh, a surg surgical technologist, and I, I never will be in the healthcare <laughs> industry. It's not going to happen. Uh, like a surgical, you know, I guess, I guess if I ended up becoming a therapist, that would be healthcare. But, True. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I, I like the idea of it, but I think you just have to have balance. And at the end of the day, you just have to communicate with each other of, you know, healthy boundaries of what works for you guys and, um, and, and not take it personally if your partner needs a little space. Yeah, it's more of the like bring like putting you on my payroll and you being my like TikTok husband that I don't love. Yeah. Like like, coll like collaborating in that capacity, great. Because also like if I get my partner in my ads, it's like more money. It's whatever things that help your future, great, and things you could do together because you enjoy your time. Like I think I would cross that boundary. But personally, for me, I don't think I would want my partner like running my show like like running pulling the strings i feel like some people will start working with their partner and then it's like that's who's on the calls with them and like that's too close for comfort for yeah. me for yeah. me i i would agree i mean yeah i like that like i you know we're not in charge of each other you know yeah. it's more of a it's a partnership yes you know so as long as we r remain equals and equal partners i think you know that's always a recipe for success. It's funny because you mentioned um, her personality and our mutual friend, Erica, loves funny people. And she told me, she's like, Natalie is so funny. Like, that's like what she has to say about her. She's like, she is literally like a laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And I guess it's something that people, you know, when they meet her probably know. And it's not that she's not funny online, but... Like you said, it's like she's a little more reserved. More yeah. reserved. She's not. Yeah, she's. But like, it's good to know because like that side of her. I'm sure you're different behind it. Like, I'm sure we're all kind of different when we're one on one with people. I mean, it takes a while. I remember when Instagram stories first like dropped on Instagram, you know, and yeah. people were just like, yes, posting more videos. But like, I didn't know what to do because before uh -uh. Instagram stories, you would just like take pictures of yourself and post selfies and shit. Mm -hmm. So I would just like awkwardly like record a video of me just like staring at the camera <laughs> like my friends were like you gotta stop just like you're being creepy just looking at the camera and i just would like press play it i don't know what the fuck to I'm say dead. you know like that's so but it's, i think it's i don't i think people realize just how awkward it is yeah. to like talk to a camera as if you're talking to an audience or talking mm -hmm. to people and you know you just like press record and you're just like and what's weird is the people that talk so candidly to the camera and then you meet them in person and you're like where's that personality sure yeah. it goes both ways oh for sure because i can't, i'm more the opposite like better in person or no, better on camera better on camera <laughs> i'm terrible in person <laughs> i think i'm i'm just kidding i mean so it depends <laughs> depends when you meet me i'm more introverted you know yeah. and aloof. i'm i'm an extrovert but i'm also kind of introvert like i'm an extroverted introvert so ambivert is that are what you, it's called are you more I'm, I'm 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 an ambivert i think it's ambivert but i'm more i i lean more towards introverted yeah i'm i present as an extrovert 
but I'm secretly I not. An introvert. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like kind of not. Like I need my space alone to recharge. And I like to go to parties and hang out by myself. I like to go to parties and Irish exit. <laughs> well, like, that just means you're bad at goodbyes. <laughs> I'm like, it's time to get out. Hmm. Like it's kind of an energy suck. I have a question about that later, actually, in my um, advice section. But I do want to ask. And I know that this is like something I feel like you're going to be bothered with this for the rest of your life. But people do have a lot to say about the age gap in your relationship. And I don't really think you address it. Ever. Like you're always kind of like, yeah, yeah. Does it bother you that people like focus on that so much? Or do you understand why people would? Who are people? The, the internet. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. Articles. Uh, I don't really read articles about myself and I certainly don't Good. read Reddit. Yeah, um, neither. No, never. You know, um, it was certainly something I was self-conscious about when we first started hanging out and yeah. dating um, just because an age gap, um, you know, can be a hurdle and an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to consider that. But um, as far as our relationship goes, um I love our relationship and there's things we, you know, we work on every day and there's things we have to overcome. Um, our age difference isn't necessarily one of them. It's things, it's mm -hmm. something that comes up uh, from time to time and we address it. But um, as far as like what people have to say, I mean, I think we're super grateful for the people who do support our relationship and, mm -hmm. and the people who, you know, see the love between us and, um, you know, for the people who have critical opinions about our relationship. I mean, I don't, I, I, we don't pay too much attention to it. Honestly, I think that's great because it doesn't matter at the end of the day what anyone else thinks. It also doesn't matter. People don't know dynamics between relationships because you're not in them. Like you'll never know how people get along or what their dynamic is or what they connect on. Yeah. Because the truth is like no one knows except those two people really well that and you know listen i i'm grateful to have an audience and, and i'm grateful to have a following and I, I can do a lot of great things but at the end of the day when 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 you expose yourself to a large audience you know you, again you i'm glad people care about what you know as long mm -hmm. as they care yeah you know as long as they're interested that keeps the lights on so to speak but the reality is is that you know when you when you follow people you don't know um, really anything about and you kind of see anything they offer you like you know whatever opinions people have are really just projections of their own life mm -hmm. you know um, and so they could see uh, a, you know a couple like Nellie and I and, and maybe that triggers a response or you know people might see me and I might remind them of an ex mm -hmm. or they might see our relationship and it might remind them of a past relationship and so they might offer their opinion or their mm -hmm. take that really has nothing to do with me Natalie or our relationship you know and so yeah. um and I realize a lot of the opinions I have kind of aren't my own now they are because I'm aware but growing up I didn't even realize how much like my parents influence or society's sure. influence puts on your head like you look at a situation and you automatically are like oh this is right or wrong or I feel this way about it and then as I'm older I'm like but why do I feel that way and then I'm like oh because I was told that my whole sure, life yeah right yeah I mean I don't actually <laughs> sure I mean you know when you're when you're a teenager right most yeah. of your points of view are a product of your, certainly your parents and your totally. environment and then in your early to mid 20s it's a little bit of like 
you know, you go to college or you leave the nest, so to speak, you meet new people mm -hmm. and you learn new things. And then, you know, by the time you're in your mid twenties, you start kind of coming up with your own stuff. And now everyone, you know, that timeline's different for everyone. Yeah. You know, like for example, my childhood was very different than Natalie's, you know, like, mm. you know, when I was 16, I had a very kind of sheltered life. When Natalie was 16, she was modeling and living by herself in Harlem, New York, mm. you know? So, uh, very different upbringings and, and very different exposures to different cultures and lifestyles and people and um, and people grow up faster than others and you know everyone's different. Yeah, I always say going to college was the best thing I could have ever done for my development to like get out of my hometown in New Jersey. That was just like either it was like fifty percent Italian, fifty percent Jewish, and I'm like I went to college and I met people from like different cultures, hardly but yeah, more. Sure, and then living in New York for ten years, like nothing's crazy, like more of a melting pot than New York and totally, meeting yeah. so many different people. I I do find that like everyone changes and everyone's allowed to evolve. So thanks for opening up about that because I do, I do feel like people, I don't know, could be unfair with criticism or I'm not even to say that people are like so critical of you because I don't really read it either necessarily, but people have a lot to say about everything. And as long as you're putting your life out there, people are going to have opinions. They are. And like I said, I mean, quite honestly, I'm glad they have a lot to say. Yeah. Hey. Glad they care. Like you said, it keeps them talking. Let's shift a little bit more into reality TV. So obviously, you know it well. I have watched The Bachelor forever. Like I was like, I watched Trista's season with my mom. I'm not watching this season. And no? I, I didn't watch Clayton's season. And then, oh, this is actually a funny story, which I'm not embarrassed I to say. I think you're missing out. Well, I like Zach. Like, I think he's cute and I think he's nice. But I watched one episode. I'm genuine. Like, I mean this so much because I'm a big Love Island UK fan. I'm so fatigued with Bachelor Nation. Like, that, that makes sense. I mean, listen, The Bachelor's been on for 20 some yeah. years. You know, for, I, and I use this example when, when I was talking about this topic with my audience not too long ago, but I've, I'm, I've recorded five, we're on our five, no, what is it, five, we're, uh, we just dropped our 556th episode on Oof. my podcast. It's a lot. You know, we get new listeners every day. Yeah. We lose listeners yeah. all the time, you know? At some point, people might be like, you know what, I've really enjoyed Nick's advice. And then they come back I really later. enjoyed his recaps, but I need a break or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then maybe some of them come back, maybe some of them don't. I mean, The Bachelor's been on for 20 years. It's the same freaking show for the most part every season. Mm -hmm. And so people will be like, oh, I'm done with this season. And they act as if like... Yeah. Congratulations, you know, yeah. like, you you'll know, be back. <laughs> you'll, or you won't. Yeah. But like the show clearly has been successful and it's one of the most successful shows in the history of television. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's working. It's still making money for, you know, it's making more money for Warner Brothers and ABC than any other shows that they have. Um, and I don't think much is going to change, but it does make sense for people after, you know, being a fan for five or six years to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm, good you know yeah. like if it because it's not it doesn't change all that much it's the same premise and you know some people stick with it most people stick around for a few seasons and mm -hmm. they kind of get fatigued and they they find something more love is blind love island things like that the ultimatum and that makes total sense so for me it's like i think a lot of the stuff that annoys me about the show isn't what annoys other people like a lot of other people are like everyone goes on it for the wrong reasons i personally don't care about that like 
everyone has social media these days. Like that doesn't bother me. That's not going to turn me away from watching a show. What I think bothers me is the obvious producer intervention where I feel like on Love Island, for example, maybe the producers are interfering as much. We don't know as a viewer. It's it's less like, ooh, here's a cake for someone's birthday. Whereas you're like, how did they get that cake? Come on, let's like, you know, the producers are setting up these scenarios in Bachelor in Paradise. Whereas in like Love Island, things just kind of drama naturally unfolds from people just living in a house together and dating. And that's what kind of carries the storylines. So to me, that's more interesting. I feel like I'm a little too tuned in. Maybe. Maybe because I interview people. I'm a little too tuned into like, I could tell when they're putting words and they're not showing the person's mouth. And I'm too, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I could tell this is fake. So for me, that's, I think, what made me like lose some of my love for it. I would argue that The Bachelor is probably the most real reality TV show out there. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Only it's an incredibly staged atmosphere. Fair. But, Fair. but the reactions are very authentic. And I think other shows that yeah. I've seen or been a part of or know other cast members, like, uh, you know, especially nowadays, I just think, you know, like everyone who went on um, The Perfect Match, for example, mm-hmm. like, I don't oh. think there was a genuine person there. Not you know? one, no. Uh, it's fine. No judgment yeah. to any of those people, you know, but um, yeah, I, I, th- I think The Bachelor world that people get involved in, I think it's such a beautifully engineered environment. It's like a social experiment. Mm. And... And I think for a lot of people go on there, they they truly fall in love. Whether you can you can argue whether it's real love mm-hmm. or you know manufactured, and that's up for debate. But I think the feelings and reactions are very authentic because of how the show is designed. Where I think in other shows, the the design of the show it's it's harder to get kind of brainwashed or mm. watch you know caught up in the environment because you're not as cut off. Uh, of the of the real world and mm. i think it's it's easier to stay connected to reality yeah so what? so i to, that's all to say like i think I, bet, I think still the bachelor gets the most authentic reactions from people that's really interesting when you put it like that and i do agree that some of these other shows are like kind of staged or you know again we interview people we hear these things and the bachelor like i do believe genuinely relationships could come out of it and love could form like I've always felt that way and that's why I've always watched the show it's more I think I'm just like sick of the format sometimes where I feel like other shows are evolving quicker with the times like they're just kind of naturally becoming more diverse and more inclusive without making a big statement about it and I feel like sometimes with The Bachelor it's like this year we're gonna do this and it's like just kind of do like just evolve with the times is how yeah. i feel i mean i think that's a fair criticism of the show they're like a legacy show they're yeah. not necessarily motivated they're on abc uh yeah and you know the people in charge it doesn't seem to be a big priority yeah if it were my show i, I would i would probably have mixed it up a lot more mm-hmm. but like you know it the, it is. It does work for them, you know. And it, again, it's been on for so long. I mean, Bachelor Nation runs strong. It is a, oh, an yeah. intense, oh yeah, fan base. I'm very grateful for them. But like, 
there is no other fan base that compares to the level of intensity mm -hmm. that is Bachelor Nation and the things that they talk about. You know, you're just not getting those types of conversations with other fan bases. I mean, Love is Blind is like caught up, like their their fan base runs strong Hardcore. as an intense as well. And so, but like not many shows c can compete with that level of intensity of a fan base. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, those criticisms are fair, but it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't suspect they're going to, if anything, the show has shown that they're kind of going backwards <laughs> uh, with their you know, with how they want this show to be, they're going more traditional. And at the end of the day, like it's working for them again, mm -hmm. like, um, people will reference ratings and things like that, but like how they're measuring shows very differently. Now. Uh, the point is, very is true. like the show's making money. Yeah. And at the end of the it's day, doing it's, what they it's, need not, it to do. it's not going to, I don't think it's going to go anywhere or no. get that much change. And if to your point, there are many other wonderful options out there. And, you know, if it's the bachelor's not for you, then wait. Then so, have you seen options. Love Is Blind, um, Love Island UK? I've I've seen it briefly. I haven't gotten into it, and I've I've heard it's great. And honestly, yeah. I'd love to get into it. This is my pitch to you. You, I need just don't know to. if I because isn't it like so many? There's so many shows. So, I, I just got into Vanderpump. I can't possibly. Okay, so this is what you're gonna do next season, because this is what I do. They. I, well, I have a, v a VPN because I'm insane and I watch it like when it comes out. But they, since it comes out every day, you could just watch it. Like it's like 40 minutes a day of the best TV. So you look forward to it. And then you could watch it live instead of having to catch up on a 50 episode season. Like I would watch it, talk about it on the pod. I'm telling Listen, you. Listen, I. I it's so you good. don't have to sell me. I want to <laughs> have. The, it's just the time, you know, it's I'm like. I'm so obsessed. Yeah. It's. It's just, it's really well done reality TV. That's what I've heard. It's really well done. Um, okay, let's get into the Ask Alyssa segment. We will give some advice. And um, I had a question that I posed in my intro. Intro. This is my advice. I need help. This is your question? <laughs> this is my question. Okay. I, I have people write in, but I was like talking about this and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Nick. I have this mentality where when I'm out, I'm, if it's not serving me, I, I bounce. So for example, like the other night, my friend was like, let's go out. We're both single. We're like, yeah, let's go meet people, whatever. We go out, I get there. Everyone's either engaged or married or not my type. And I'm like, all right, I'd rather be in bed. I bounce. Is that closing myself off to possibility of, because like my realistic side is like, you never know if one of those married or engaged people are like, oh, I have a friend for you or, oh, I have this. What do you think about instantly like shutting down your energy when you feel like, eh, I'd rather like get home, go to bed, wake up, not hungover. Or do you think you just kind of push yourself? Like what is? Depends. I know. I'm like very torn. It depends up. why you're leaving. And the, the example you gave, your example was, oh, I'm like the fifth or seventh wheel or whatever. No. Everyone else is in a relationship or I don't think I'm going to meet someone here. Just like nothing here for me. Yeah. So then I think you're making a mistake. You do? Well, yeah. Because, because uh, I feel like I shouldn't be going out with that mentality. Yeah. Well, the nothing's here for me mentality I don't think is serving you well. I think so too. But... I think you want to have a more of a... I mean, listen, I don't, like, if you're not having fun, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. But if you're me, you know, 
if it's if it you're if when you're making it about you, you're very you're much limiting your options of how you can have fun. If your energy is more about like how can I enjoy this moment, how can I enjoy these people, uh, what can mm. like who who can I connect with, what might I learn, mm. you know, all these there that creates so many opportunities for you to enjoy the moment, you know. But yeah. right now you're you. I think a lot of people relate to this, right? Mm-hmm. I, shoot, I've been that person. I've been that guy. You know, you walk into a bar, you look around, there's like no one here, let's go to the next bar. You yeah. know, like, and, yeah. and when you're that person, you're insufferable for everyone around you. Mm. You know, when my, I've had buddies be like that. And it's just like, how do you, what do you mean? You just, we just got here. Like, yeah, you don't know my who's going to show like, up. You're not fun. Yeah. Cause you're I'm just, like, I gotta go. Because it's like, oh, like, well, it's not, and then you make it about you and you make, uh-huh. you know, and it's just like, you know, no one wants to be around someone who's like making every moment about them. And so, well, I understand you want to have fun and like, listen, if you're not having a good time, go home. Mm-hmm. But I think if you kind of bring an energy of like, how can I just enjoy the moment, you know, and just mm-hmm. be open to any possibility that presents itself and, and, and then just try to connect with anyone who's there and surprise yourself with what you might learn. You know, I think you're, you're better off of, and you might ha- increase the opportunity of being surprised, mm. uh, and just being open to anything rather than very, being very specific. Um, yeah, because when you're very, spe- yeah, when your, your energy is very specific, then you're, you almost like have a shield up and you're repelling mm-hmm. anything else that want to come, that wants to come into your life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Uh, I yeah. I know this, but I'm like, oh, just so nice to go home early. I think what it really boils down course, to yeah. is where I'm at in my life. And it's like, I don't really care to go out as much. I'm hoping, like, I hope I do what my parents did. They like went out, went out, had kids, stayed home for a few years. And then in their 50s, they're like out every night. Totally. You know? But I, again, I really think it comes down to the question, you know, what you say to yourself. If you're like, hey, I'm, I'm just tired and I just want an early night, go yeah. home. You know, yeah. I'm not feeling, I'm, I'm just not feeling it tonight. I don't want to get sauced. You know, I want to go home. But mm-hmm. like, there's nothing here for me. If that's the first thought that runs into your head, then I would challenge yourself to like, maybe reframe, Yeah. you know, yeah. how you no, it's how true. You view it. Because I am semi-new to LA. I've only been here like four or five months. Oh my God, you're a baby. I'm very new. Yeah, very it, takes, new. it takes like a good year, year and a half to like yeah. settle into LA. So I'm trying to do things out of my comfort zone. Sure, yeah. Like actively. And it's good. And sometimes I'm really happy and I do have like a new fresh energy because it's kind of like the new kid in school kind of mentality where you're like, I'm new here, like woo. But then there's other times where I'm like, mm, like kind of rather just like wake up early like go for a hike totally, you know yeah. do my thing <laughs> that's that's great you know yeah. but I, yeah i think it just comes down to the like i said you know it's what yeah. you tell yourself what's your narrative and why are you leaving totally you yeah know? all right next question this person wrote in and they said how do i set and maintain boundaries with relatives who constantly ask for and now expect favors For example, through the years of giving in and saying yes, it's now expected that I'll just drop anything and do things for them. Now that I'm done, so when I say no, they keep joking and pushing me and think that if they keep persistently asking, I'll just do whatever they want. So setting boundaries with with relatives, which I've had to do a lot of. Yeah, I mean, mean, that's not like you just have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm just kind of basing it off the pers- this mm-hmm. person's question. Like, it sounds like she has set the boundary and it sounds like she's even tried to enforce the boundary. And they're just plowing through it. Uh, well, I mean, no one can make you do something, you know? Mm-hmm. So listen, when we, p- 
people, when people set boundaries with us or when we set boundaries with, with people, people find those boundaries inconvenient. Mm. You know, a new boundary means like, Oh, Hey, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm taking away access you once had. Yep. You know, I'm taking away something you used to, you got used to and people find boundaries super inconvenient so like most they don't like most it. people no one i mean how, how many times have you said to how many times have you said to someone who was used to something whatever it is and mm-hmm. said i'm no longer going to do the thing that you know that you were used to and mm-hmm. also enjoyed the free sex or you mm-hmm. know like the, whatever it is hanging, you know and it's boundaries are always met with resistance and mm-hmm. so i think you just have to accept that and keep enforcing them and communicate why Mm-hmm. what your expectations are family members you can for this family member hey listen like i just felt oh i felt like my favors were no longer f- seen as favors but as expectations and that made me quite honestly not want to do them anymore mm-hmm. and it made me a little bit more uh careful with the favors i do do and yeah. so that's why you see me cut back and just communicate why yeah. And I think those people, and if you keep enforcing those boundaries and not give in, um, they'll eventually come around. You know, don't don't give in to the boundary. Like, you know, again, expect the resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are, are people pleasers and we don't like disappointing people. We, we don't like it when people are mad at us or when they don't like us. But those are just people, those are just people kind of having uh, temper tantrums to your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And again, mo- I don't, most boundaries are not met with yeah cool i don't <laughs> excited i excited i can no longer have the thing i got used to having all the time yeah um i've had to do this in my personal life like with certain topics let's say like with my mom i'm like i don't want to talk about these two topics and then she you know she'll try and then i'll sure. i'll shut it down and it, i remember my therapist always telling me she was like you you would need to kind of like I hate to say this, but like train people. Sure. Like they I mean parents too. They're gonna I mean, keep pushing yeah. until you're like, no, 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 no. And now my mom kind of knows, like, okay, these topics are off limits. And they'll try again. Like every six months they're gonna kinda yeah. try, come back in. <laughs> Boundaries are always gonna be tested, you know, yeah. especially in like close relationships with your partners and parents. I mean, parents you they went from being like literally like their prop, yeah. you were their property, basically in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And you were their hero. They were your heroes, and in adulthood, that can dr- it, it should drastically change, and that can be mm-hmm. very challenging for both the parents and the kids. And it's so tough. Um, yeah, but necessary. Yeah. You know. So, best of luck, but just stay true. Set those boundaries. Stick to them. Eventually, people honestly they learn. So, as long as you just stay strong in it, I think it will be great. Um, Okay, this next one says, I'm a 29-year-old female and my girlfriend, 26-year-old female, have been together a year and a half. We are planning on moving in together in the next few months. My concern is that we've never gotten into a fight, like not even a little squabble. Do you think it's a red flag? How long have they been together? A year and a half. Uh, I can't, I wouldn't say a red flag. I don't know, but maybe a small one. If you were nitpicking, you could say, Hey, like, are you guys, are you avoiding tough conversations? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, is one person or both people in this relationship not really 
saying exactly how they feel? Are they being too agreeable? Are one or both people in that relationship a, a people pleaser? Yeah. Or maybe they're just really great communicators. Maybe they're all super, super compatible. compatible. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a year and a half isn't that long of a period of time. Um, also, try moving in. Maybe you'll fight. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I guess that's why people move in before. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't I don't subscribe to needing to move in before you get engaged or married. Mm-hmm. I mean, Natalie and I did. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not against it either. I just don't think it's a requirement. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if they're ready to move in, and I think the only requirement for moving in is that you both are mutually excited about it. Totally, and also it's like, I guess my head kind of goes to like, could it be a red flag in the sense that? You've never had to overcome a hurdle together. So when something happens, you're not going to know. But at the end of the day, it's like, don't poke holes in something that doesn't have them. Like, I feel like if your relationships seemingly, if you're compatible, I wouldn't worry about like, oh, we haven't fought. I mean, if if I had the opportunity to talk to this person yeah. and ask more follow up questions, I would ask them, look, why? Like the fact that they're answering, asking this question, mm. I think it might be a little telling. You know, yeah. So, what about it bothers you? You know, and I'd be wondering if, again, like, do you feel like you know, like you know everything about each other? You know, what kind mm. of questions do you guys ask each other? I think a lot of people in relationships um, will spend very, like everyone's worried about being liked, and especially nowadays, it's hard to find someone, and so when we do. Um, and we find, and we're like, oh, I like this person. And, what? and then they, you're like, I like you. And they're like, oh, I like you too. You're like, oh, thank God. You mm-hmm. know, I found someone who likes me and I like them back. And that's so hard to find. I don't want to rock the boat. So people will stop getting to know each other in relationships. Yeah. And people early on in relationships spend more time fantasizing about the future and playing house. You know, they'll go from like matching on a dating app you know, mm-hmm. first, second date, tell me about yourself. What do you do for work? Oh, that's great. What do you do for work? You know, what do you like to do? What are your top five favorite movies, whatever. And by like date three, if there's like compatibility and chemistry, you're like, you know, someone's like, Hey, do you want, you want to be my boyfriend and girlfriend? And then like, and then they just start playing house. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, if they're yep. in the honeymoon phase, it's like, Oh, I can see myself marrying you. And then like, you, you know, like you start talking about the future. You know, and and very few couples, especially nowadays, talk about the present or just stay present and, and just still get to know each other. You know, mm-hmm. you know they'll so true. They won't ask them like you know what their insecurities about. And you know, you could be dating for Nally and I still. You know, there's all these different games out there. You know, uh, we're really not strangers. Uh, Serena Kerrigan's uh, what's it called? Um, let's let's date. fucking date yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we get gifted all these games. And honestly, I think they're all great, you know. And yeah, every once in a while, now and I will bust it out. And there are these, these questions and prompts. Like, some of them we've asked each other already. Some of them are like, oh, that's an interesting question. Mm. And we'll ask, you know, because again, you know, what Natalie is afraid of or insecure of today m- might not be something she was afraid of or insecure of when we first met. You know, something that she finds joy out of today might not be something she found joy out of when she first met. Mm -hmm. And it's always great to check in with each other and your partner. Uh, And I think it's something that a lot of couples don't do a lot of. Mm. And so to this back to this question, I would just um, 
challenge yourself to check in more, communicate more, yeah. you know, whatever is inside of you that's wondering if that's a red flag. Maybe there's a feeling like you guys are, are not, are, are being a little too surface level in your relationship and you're not yeah. really, you know, opening up with one another and, and talking about your fears, or maybe you're letting things that you're frustrated about slide because you don't want to rock the boat, you know, and you're like, well, you know, you're worried about being jealous or possessive or you're worrying about being difficult and mm -hmm. like, or maybe you're just, you know, maybe you have a right to feel the way you do and you're just not communicating it. And I like the suggestion of if you are feeling this way, get a game, get, you know, really make sure that you guys are having those conversations, bring it out on a date night. And if things are surface, like now is a good time to, before you move in together, to really like have some of these tougher conversations. Yeah. If the person who wrote this question is listening and sit down with your partner and say, you know, before we move in, what are, what are three things you'd like us to work on in our mm -hmm. relationship? What's one thing that you would like me to change? You know? Yeah. Like really go there. Yeah. And, and get a real answer. And, I, it, and that answer said sting a little bit, maybe. I'm so inquisitive, like naturally, that sometimes I notice I'll ask my married friends, I'll be like, what's your husband, how's he feel about his grandpa that passed away three months ago? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I haven't asked him in a month. And I'm like, what do you mean you haven't? Like, it makes you realize how much some people like really just kind of don't talk about things sometimes because here I am like this outsider wondering about this random like oh what about that promotion like how do they feel about that leap and they're like oh I don't know we didn't talk about it and I'm like what like people really sometimes don't go like they people it depends like the way you were raised yeah maybe I mean, your family wasn't that way mo most people will get into relationships and say they really like someone without any consideration for how that person makes them feel this is so crazy to me. I'm just, I'm not that way. So I mean, they might feel excited because that person likes them. Yeah. But like, how do they, how does that person treat you? Does that person make you feel like they listen to you? Does that person make you feel valued or mm -hmm. like a priority or cared for? Does that make you feel, does that person make you feel like they, you know, care about your opinion? Does that make, does that person make you feel smart or dumb? You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, these are questions a lot of people don't consider. Super important. Um, let's spill the tea, our last little segment here. So I assume you've been keeping up with the Haley Selena drama. A little bit. So I kind of went on like a little rant on my Instagram. I feel like it's fan based more than. That's how I feel. Yeah. And you know what I was saying that really got me thinking? I was like, we look at Britney Spears and we're like, how could we have treated her this way? We were so awful to her. People are out here like calling uh, Haley Bieber an ear saying she looks like an ear because but, like they're just like bullying an ear? literally an ear. And I'm like, they're bullying this girl. And here we are repeating history, like doing the same thing. Like these fan bases are so toxic and it really isn't even between the celebrities at this no, point. it's between the fan bases, yeah. And I'm like, guys, hello, this is what we do to someone. And then when it's too late, we're like, oh, like no one ever stepped in and stopped it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know Selena or Haley Bieber. And I'm sure there maybe was a feud at some point. I, I would... You know, it's like being involved in Bachelor Nation, mm -hmm. right? There's, I have friends and I have people I don't hang out with and, and everyone has a podcast and, you know, I've, I've, you know, fans will like message, oh, did you hear so-and-so said something about you or whatever? Mm. And, 
and they might take like a sound bite from an episode or something they said, but they pulled it out of context and it wasn't like, and that happens yeah. all the time, both ways. And yeah, like, and I think fans have created controversies between people on, on the show, you know, because yeah. they, it's like, they're like, Oh, they said, what? Fuck they're them, riling you, know? you up. Yeah. They get riled up. And so, yeah, I, I, but, you know, Selena and Haley, they certainly have been in this game for a long time. My guess is they probably know better. They might have probably got caught up in the drama in the mm -hmm. past. And my hope for both of them is they're over it and, and they don't respond to this stuff. And, yeah, a lot of, a lot of this, this, Selena's, like, my favorite meme was the, uh, like, stuff of, like, you know, here's a photo of Selena getting water. And then here's a photo of <laughs> Haley getting water a day later don't or a year later. It's just like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's it, if you're looking for something, you're gonna find it, so to speak. Especially when it comes to the internet. Um, and I hope the I don't know why the fan bases don't just spread more love than hate, you know. But it, you know, it's that's crazy. boring. It's, and well, that's kind of what I said to people. I'm like, guys, it's truly not that deep. Like, let's say Haley Bieber is copying Selena Gomez. She's wearing the same outfits. She's writing the same captions. She, let's they just should be say, flattered. Who cares? Like, this is what you're up in arms over? Like, this is what you're bullying someone over? I mean, I, I, everything I do, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I whether I realize it or not, everything I'm wearing, I'm, I probably saw one guy wear vintage black jeans 100%. and thought that was cool. And then I went and bought them someday, you know? like Also, it's like, <laughs> we all follow trends. Like, you realize yeah. these things aren't groundbreaking, right? This is just like... Yeah, they're wearing the same outfit because, like, that's the designer that's in right now. This isn't I mean, crazy yeah, stuff. I don't know a ton about either, <laughs> but I do know a lot of women have gotten their fashion sense from Haley Bieber. And whoever Haley us. has gotten that from, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. like, I do know that she is literally a fashion icon influencer that a lot of women Her I know nails of. nails went viral. You know, like, I, I very much, she, she's the bar. It's crazy. Yeah, 100%. Um, another big thing that's playing out right now in the public is obviously all of this Vanderpump Rules stuff. Obsessed. I know. I know you had Kristen Doty on, um, which was a great interview. First of all, um, did you see the mid-season trailer that dropped today? Yeah. When Tom's like, what do you want me to do? And, and, and Ariana goes, die. Die. <laughs> best <laughs> it's and also someone zoomed in because these fan accounts they're inspecting this like as if it's like a football play-by-play -play. they're like zooming in he's wearing like in that clip the little lightning bolt dangly earring <laughs> oh, the, i'm like the no toms are the worst they're they're everything that's wrong with men it's really bad i i felt this last episode, watching Raquel on the episode break. Did you see this most recent mm, episode? Yeah. Watching Raquel break down and cry, I felt empathy because I'm like, this is a, this is before the situation happened, but I'm like, this is a lost person. Yeah, I think she's broken for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I feel empathy for people that are going through things. And I think what is confusing to me is a few things. If Tom is this, they're calling him a narcissist. Like, that's what they're going on the book saying. Yeah, I mean. If he is, let's just say, if he's this master manipulator like they're claiming, wouldn't we have a little bit more empathy for then Raquel being taken advantage a little bit, although she had a part in it? Uh, Yeah, I don't. 
You know I'm, what I, I mean? I'm not a psychologist or a yeah. therapist. I, I can't stand people who diagnose people on the internet. Because they say um, it's so matter of fact, too. It's like, yeah, it's like, we don't know, know if Tom's a narcissist. No. He's probably it's clearly selfish. Might be, yeah. And, <laughs> and it sounds like he has a lot of work, you know, things to work through. It sounds He's doing narcissistic type of things, for yes. sure. Is he a malignant narcissist? I have no idea. Uh, but I'm comfortable probably guessing that they both have some trauma they have haven't worked through mm-hmm. and haven't re- resolved like many of us do and when we have you know uh trauma from our past that we don't deal with it often turns into us um you know being very destructive and toxic in our own lives and hurting other people and i mean that's that's i mean that's all of la um and so deal with your shit you know like work on your shit and and at some point uh as an adult uh, you can no, you can't. It's it might be an explanation, but it's not an excuse. And so, mm. do I have empathy for Raquel? Of course, you know. But uh, I judge people more on how they respond to adversity. You know, mm-hmm. like we all make mistakes. Uh, we've all fucked up. We've all been selfish. We've all, I guess, been narcissistic, and mm-hmm. we've all hurt people we love. And but how do we respond to that? You know. How do, how do we address that? Do we really hold ourselves accountable and do the work, you know, whether that's getting help or getting therapy or really making amends and, you know, not just saying you're sorry and saying you'll change, but never actually doing anything to change and, and just letting time go by so mm-hmm. people forget your transa- transa- transga- transgressions yeah. and then find a new group of people to be shitty around, you know? Um, or do you actually look at the situation and say, you know what? I fucked up here. I really hurt people I, I, I love or people I called friends and I don't want to do that and I want to be a better person. So, you know, my judgment for Raquel, I, I think is less harsh than tom's because she is younger mm-hmm. um and and she seems you know like she's lived like less impressionable life, more, a little yeah, to me and, and tom being a 39 year old guy who's been in this game forever like what's his excuse for not you know he's he has a pattern of cheating he has a pattern mm-hmm. of destruction what has he done to you know make any changes to, to, to stop being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Where Raquel, I don't know her history. Maybe she does have a pattern like this and she hasn't really taken accountability. She's not a child, you know? She's not no. like 21. Yeah. And so we'll see how Raquel responds to this. You know, does she really do the work to try to to be a better person or does she get defensive and play the victim and, yeah. you know, decide to be like, you know, Tom's new girlfriend and then, you know, have an us against the world mentality. Well, I think just from a PR perspective, the way she out the gate handled the situation was wrong in the sense of like, she just chose to take legal action against everyone. Her, I thought it was yeah. really weird how she put out one statement and then like two hours later put out another one that was in a different font from her notes app. To me, that had Tom written all over it. Like, I think he was like, you didn't mention me. And yeah, then I don't she, know. And I mean, her one apology <laughs> note I thought was pretty good. You know, the, the first one. I, yeah, I don't know which was which, but the one that like referenced like why she might be making some of these toxic mm-hmm. choices and her need for validation yeah. and attention and, and recognizing that and, and talking about her possibility. Like she suggested maybe therapy was in her mm-hmm. future and, and you know, it seemed like possibly some real accountability there plus, you know, a willingness to like do something about it. Yeah. You know, like you, we can't, I always say like, you know, people were like, Oh, I want to, be in better shape or I want to feel better. Mm-hmm. It's like, great. Well, 
what are you going to do? do? It, yeah. You know, like, are you going to change your diet? Are you going to yeah. change your exercise habits? Like, you can't just hope for change. You have to you do it. You got to do it. And um, it, time isn't the only thing that creates change, you know? No, I thought that that, as far as apologies go, I agree. That yeah. was a solid apology. But I thought it was weird because, again, I was like, you know, I think about everything through this, like, PR lens watching seeing her put up a second statement about the status of their relationship yeah and it like i said different font different like you could tell she just wrote it in her it, notes totally it wouldn't shock like, me mm. if tom's manipulating her That's i what mean I raquel's probably feeling like she's on an island i don't know what her circle of friends there is or her support group mm-hmm. and if she doesn't have many then she probably only has time to turn to and you know he's gonna tom tom looks out for tom yep you know so it is it is crazy i am this i think that it's going to be exciting to see what sheena has to say because in the mid-season trailer she did you know she's crying and she said i felt a lot of rage inside of me alluding to probably whatever is in the press and so i'm excited to hear that um and i think i mean bravo's fully hooked me back in fully it's been good for the show not, I know. Not, not, so sorry, sorry for Ariana. <laughs> I know. I always say that because everyone's commenting like, oh, I'm going to be depressed when this season stops airing. I'm like, you're going to be depressed. Like, this is people's lives here. Like, it this really, is it actually truly is. And I think it's, it is important to remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, Ariana's a great person. I, I don't know her that well. I've gotten mm-hmm. to know her. Everything I've learned, I've, I've really enjoyed. And yeah. um, there is a real victim in this story. And it's there really her is. for sure. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Crazy, 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 crazy. Last question, then we'll wrap. How, why do you think people come to you to tell their truth? Like Raven broke her silence with you. People come to you for kind of their like first time speaking out, breaking their story, these reality stars. Why do you think people trust you with that? Uh, it's a great question. I haven't really asked them. I hope it's because I've created a, a safe space and I hope that um, I have shown uh, an ability to, um, you know, get beneath the surface with the questions I ask and, and people feel compelled to open up. And, um, my goal, anytime I have someone on, uh, especially if it's a reality TV star is to humanize them, Mm. you know, because in reality TV, you know, I think most people, and I can relate to this, they feel like they're, they become caricatures of whatever the show wants them to be. And, um, and so I have that goal to humanize them and give an opportunity to have the audience, you know, get to know different sides of them or all their sides and, and, and share their, their truth, whatever their truth is. And, you know, um, the, the responses uh, of some of these big interviews have been, you know, really positive for those people and, and good or bad. I think everyone who goes on feels like they really got it out. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about relationship dynamics on the show and, you know, I'm certainly not a therapist now and I'm not an expert, but I spent a lot of time, you know, learning about these types of questions and content. And I, and I try to work with my guests and make sure that they get everything out that they want to get out. And, and, uh, hopefully I've created a, a, a good reputation for that, that keeps people, you know, uh, who, have a story to tell to see the track record of success that, you know, we have on the vile files and, Mm -hmm. and, and keep it going that way. 
Awesome. Thanks, Nick, so much. Thank um, you. Where could everyone stay up to date, listen to the pod? Yeah, if uh, you like anything, like as far as relationship dynamics or these type of, you know, Q&As about relationships or you like reality TV or pop culture, you know, the Vile Files were on three days a week. We have three different formats. Uh, we also have Vile Files Plus if you, you have more uh, need for hearing my voice. Um <laughs> And that's where any where you listen to podcasts. Where you, you know, if you like watching podcasts, it's on YouTube, uh, Instagram, or TikTok. Nick Vial. Um, I think that's about it. Awesome! Thanks so much. Thank you.